is Behind the Cut with Christopher Grenland, the companion show to Not About Lumberjacks. People sometimes ask me where I get my ideas for stories, and my usual answer is everywhere. And I say that because once you tune into everything around you, your head has more ideas than you can use. In the case of looking for dogs, this is where the ideas came from. I had an old friend who never knocked on the front door of an old house I used to live in. Instead of the door, he knocked on my bedroom window. If I was in the living room and he didn't get an answer from my bedroom window, instead of knocking on the front door right there, he knocked on one of the windows to the side of the door. It was a tiny house, so it's not like I wouldn't have heard him no matter where I was inside. But he always knocked on windows when he wanted my attention. One morning, he knocked on my bedroom window and told me that he'd seen a couple Great Danes running loose out in a field. He knew I wasn't afraid of big dogs, so he wanted my help to help round them up. Boom! The idea for a story. One time when I visited this old friend, he had the body of an old boat sitting in his front yard. It didn't have a deck, and along the entire side of the boat was a huge crack, and seriously, a hole about the size of a cantaloupe. He told me that he had plans for fixing it up. So this friend's obsession with knocking on windows and collecting things like a body of a boat seemed quirky enough to include in a story. The rest of looking for dogs is made up. Sure, this friend had a few things in his front yard, but he definitely was no hoarder. Then the rest just came to me. I was in my later 20s when I wrote Looking for Dogs, and I'd been chatting with a friend about how much different we were from our fathers. My father died when I was 22, and he wanted more for me than he had in his life. He was a mechanic, and he didn't want me to work with my hands like he did. So I suppose Richie pushing Dickie to not work with his hands is based on reality. Most of the story, though, was really just cobbled together from building on those initial ideas. Why did I choose a brick company? Well, every time I drove to a town called Denton that's north of here, I drove past a brick company. Why did I choose Bender Brick? Because I like Bender from Futurama. Why did I make Richie a hoarder? I noticed something when I lived in Illinois, Kansas, and even down here in Texas, and my summers in Missouri that I spent with my dad. Whenever you drive out in the country, you always see that house that has all the old appliances and cars and tubs and other things in the front yard. I always wondered what clicked in a person to make them begin collecting junk. In the case of Richie, the death of his wife seemed like a good reason. Plus, I know a lot of people who collect things. Half the time, it's not even their decision. They see something when they're out and about like a wooden bear figure, and they think, that's cool, I'm going to get that, and somebody comes along, sees it, and thinks, oh, so-and-so collects wooden bears. And then soon, every Christmas, birthday, or just because day, people are giving that person bear figurines, even though they're not even a collector. One day they look around and probably have to think, well, I guess I now collect bears. I imagine Dickie's mom collecting ceramic birds. Maybe it started with a dove she liked, just something that she saw in some shop and she bought it. And then came other people buying her ceramic birds and soon she had a collection. That juxtaposition of her collection with Richie's junk pile seemed to work for a story, and I really like the thought of Richie keeping his wife's memory alive by tending to the one room in the house she loved most. All that was left after that was some closure and a hook at the end. 
If you look at it the right way, writing fiction is just problem solving, sometimes accompanied by pretty words working together. All I needed was Dickie understanding his father's obsession, accepting it for the sake of this story and the characters, and proof in the end that he really does get it all when he offers to help Richie get the transmission at the end. That's how most stories I write come to life. They're just these little pieces and a bunch of what-ifs. Along the way, you think, what if Richie and Dickie got in an argument and Dickie left his dad out in a field? And then you think, nah, Dickie wouldn't do that to his dad. And then you think, what if his mother were alive and it was his dad who was dead? You knock around ideas like that until you come back thinking, no, I, I want this one to be a father and son story and things like that. And then suddenly it all comes together. You go through all these variables when you write a story. You might even jot things down to see what works and what doesn't. Once you figured out what works best for you, in the end, you're left with a story. Thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks and Behind the Cut. Theme music for Behind the Cut is a tune called Reaper by Razen. The voice kicking off the show belongs to Cynthia Griffith. Visit cfgriffith.com for more information about Cynthia and nolumberjacks.com for information about the music, episodes, and talent. In two weeks, the owner of a software company becomes very uneasy when discovering someone very close to home is trying to control his mind. Until next time, be mighty and keep your axes sharp.